Welcome to After Action, true stories of the Diplomatic Security Service. I'm your host, Chad Hammer. DSS's most high-profile protectee is the U.S. Secretary of State. Serving on this vital detail is a rite of passage for many of us in DSS. Today, you'll meet Supervisory Special Agents Karen Brown Cleveland and Lawrence Cassell, who share their stories of protecting Dr. Condoleezza Rice. So welcome, Q. Can you tell us a little about what it was like day-to-day on the Secretary's detail back when you were on the detail full-time? Honestly, no two days are, are the same. So for us, we are, we are looking at the uh, schedule primarily if the Secretary of State is in Washington, D.C., or traveling out overseas. So a uh, typical day in Washington, D.C. is meetings in the, on the seventh floor of the State Department uh, and uh, maybe a couple of runs over to the uh, White House to meet with the president. And then uh, typically there's, uh, there's uh, functions that the secretary might be going to uh, after that. Of course, uh, DSS special agents are conducting that, those uh, protective uh, operations around the secretary uh, from the uh, time she wakes up in the morning until the time uh, uh, Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice would uh, go to bed at night. Karen Abel, I believe Secretary Rice was one of the most traveled secretaries. That is correct. Uh, when she became Secretary of State, I think she, uh, the story that I heard was she handed everyone a map and said, make sure you know where every country is because we are going to absolutely travel. And that's what made it uh, the draw for me. I previously have lived overseas as a diplomat, but I wanted to see more countries out there as well. Um, and this gave me that opportunity. I was able to visit, I think one week in particular, if I can just give this as an example, we literally went around the world in a week. We started in Washington, went to Alaska, went to Japan, went to Russia, went to Germany, refuel in, I still remember this. She's getting jet lagged just remembering it, yeah. (laughs) Um, Refuel in Ireland and touched back down in Washington. And the next day, uh, Q and I were both on day shift. It was a lot. During my time on the uh, Secretary of State's detail, one of uh, one of my proudest accomplishments was uh, conducting uh, 28 lead advances for the Secretary of State. So a lead advance is, uh, is someone who, with a team of agents, goes into a country prior to the Secretary of State's arrival, typically a week or maybe a little bit more than a week and does all of the security coordination. So as a lead advance, you are responsible for getting that country prepared for the, uh, or, um, or preparing the uh, security apparatus around the Secretary of State. This involves running all of the routes, making sure that the hotel is completely secure, uh, interfacing with host country law enforcement, host country military, host country intelligence. So my colleague Q mentioned that he did 28 lead advances, and I think we're probably neck and neck on that one. But where mine was a little bit different was each of my site advances was a combined trip with the Secretary of State and the President, which made it a little bit more dynamic. Just a little, right? Yeah. Just a bit. So, for example, my first uh, site advance was a combined trip to Hungary. My first uh, hotel agent site was to Kuwait, again, a combined trip. And then my first uh, lead was a combined trip with the Secretary of State and the President to Jordan. So uh, those experiences specifically taught me a lot more about leadership because you're interacting with people that that have 
10, 15 years on the job to serve in those capacities where I'm on the job literally three years and I am telling individuals, this is what I expect, this is what we anticipate, and I'm not backing down. Um, it, it was a lot of collaboration between the Secret Service and, and DSS as a whole because everyone's got their own required entities. The Secret Service often would say, look, we'll take care of your protectee. She's going to be under our umbrella. But then you have to look to make sure where is the agent in charge going to sit? Is he going to sit in the follow car? Because obviously he can't sit in the same limo with the Secret Service agent in charge. Um, So there was a lot of give and take back and forth. And honestly, occasionally there is that back and forth with with turfdom. Uh, Well, this is my, my area of responsibility Let's make sure we share information. So it really gave you the ability to, early on in my career, to collaborate and truly lead um, with having less than five years on the job. And, um, and let me add to that and sort of set the stage. So we were protecting Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. At the time that we were protecting her, she was the most powerful woman in the world. She was the most threatened Secretary of State in our history. She oh. got threats related to her gender. She got threats related to her color. She got threats related to her politics. So every single day, so this sort of frames how we had to go about our our job. We had, she was, she had a lot of threats on her. So one particular advance that uh, sticks out for me was that the time frame is 2007. Um, We're having huge issues with ISIS in Iraq and the Secretary of State needs to go in and meet with the Iraqi Prime Minister. This is under a situation where you would not want your chief diplomat and number one protectee uh, going into there, but we're the DSS. We're versatile and we can make things happen. So getting on the ground out there, one of the first things that I realized was we had lost nine helicopters in the sky over Iraq in the preceding month or so prior to our arrival. That was problematic for me as lead advance. Um, Route Irish, which is the route that connects the Baghdad International Airport and the Embassy uh, compound, uh, it was a very, very challenging uh, route that was filled, you know, snipers, vehicle-borne explosive devices, uh, all of these different hazards. So getting on the ground in that in that um, context and trying to keep the Secretary of State uh, safe. So I had some very difficult calls to make. Um, I remember one time reaching back to the secret to the special agent in charge of the detail at that time, uh, Mike Evanoff, and uh, telling him, sir, respectfully, I recommend that the Secretary of State not travel to Iraq during this time because it's dangerous. Um, I, was, I, I was told, um, Q, we're coming out you know what you're doing, make this happen. And so we, for the, for the, next, the, the next five or so days, and another thing that, that makes this interesting because of the classification of the security level, I cannot actually tell the individuals on the ground who was coming in. Right. So I had to, so I had to set up this security apparatus without telling it, without telling everybody. And so we worked day and night tirelessly to ensure that we could bring her in which we did. Uh, we put her in a Black Hawk, Black Hawk helicopter because that was the safest mode to transmit her from the airport 
to the uh, green zone, and we had the white knuckle ride of our lives. Uh, I, I cannot imagine. I I can't picture Secretary Rice in a skirt trying to get into the Black Hawk helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she probably wore pantsuit that day. I'm guessing. So so she was in a she was in a pantsuit. She she um I I personally placed the uh, the body armor on her. But um, she was not going to let that helmet touch her head because her hair had to be ready for the next uh, press appearance. So I, I was like, ma'am, you know, we can we can do this. We can uh, we can make it happen. And so we uh, we moved her in there. It was a very, very successful visit. And just as she was taking off from uh, Baghdad out of uh, out of uh, our, our theater uh, is when the uh, mortars came. But we were happy that she was already uh, she was already uh, down, and we found ourselves some bunkers to uh, you know wait out that uh, wait out that activity. Well, you know, you mentioned we talk a little bit about the body armor, and and you talk about day and night working tirelessly. What do you think is the physically speaking? What is the most challenging parts of this? Uh, I imagine there are some unique challenges to protecting the Secretary of State. Right. So I think the the biggest challenge is the three shifts that they, that you work. Um, there's the days, the eves, the evening shift, and the midnight shift. And every two weeks they change. So um, you have to acclimate your body quickly uh, to get on that specific shift. And when you're traveling overseas, you have to be ready when you leave Washington and you're flying to. For example, London, you have a meeting at 9 o'clock that next morning. And even though your body might be saying, oh, no, it's right. 4 o'clock in, in Washington, D.C. Right. No, it's 9 o'clock here in London. So good morning and put on your great game face. You just landed three hours ago. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. you having, uh, you know, dealing with uh, the, the, the lack of sleep and as lead advances, you know, like Karen, Karen did a lot of as well. Um, you just have this stress of having to try to think about every possible thing that could go wrong on your trip because you're ultimately responsible. So even though my days, you know, typically, you know, start at, you know, 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning, uh, try to get a quick workout in and then get to work, uh, you know, you, we would work the entire day. And then when I find myself back in my hotel room at midnight, I'm not sleeping. I'm sitting there trying to figure out what did I forget? What am I missing? Uh, what what mistake did I make that could possibly cause my protectee to be injured? So these are the sort of things. And then next thing you know, How your alarm you is going off, right? So, and uh, and you're starting the next. But you know, we 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 got into this cycle uh, for um, you know, Karen, correct me if I'm wrong. It felt like for the entire uh, several years that we were uh, that we were doing it because the the, the detail is very dynamic and I'll, I'll I'll give you one example I was going to go do uh, on one of the few nice places where I did in advance I, I was going to go do an in advance in uh, Geneva so um, so I'm leaving home telling tell my family I'll be back in uh, I'll be back in five days so I went you know did that advance on the back side of it I was asked Q um, can you go out and do a presidential 
advance President of the United States joint trip with the Secretary of State. Can you go out to Islamabad, Pakistan? Oh, boy. Thinking, okay, well, I, I packed for a couple of days. Right. And so I went out, and that was a two-week trip out in Pakistan because the Secretary of State and the President of the United States was going to a very, very difficult location. So as I'm getting ready to go back home from Pakistan, I am told, Q, can you, she's thinking about going into Ukraine for a trip. Can you go into Kyiv and start to plan in advance? Um, it's hard for me to say no. It's just my nature. So I said yes. So flew into Kyiv, you know, and now we're going on, a, you know, a little bit over two weeks, uh, a little bit over two weeks out. So yeah. I planned the advance in, in Kyiv for about two days where I was told, hey, Q, she's not coming to, to Kyiv. She's going to Baghdad. Can you get yourself in? So here I am, I'm back at the embassy travel office again. You know, can you get yourself over to uh, Baghdad? As I'm in uh, Baghdad, I'm told, hey, um, you know, this, this next one, she's going to a really nice place. She's going to uh, Germany. What they didn't tell me, it was a presidential trip to uh, Germany another two weeks. So the uh, uh, um, prime minister, or, or sorry, uh, Angela Merkel had invited President Bush out to her uh, hometown in uh, northeast Germany. And so uh, went out there for uh, that trip uh, and did in advance. Um, so so uh, a month and a half ago, I said, hey, um, you know, it's Friday. I'll be back Tuesday and uh, got back six weeks later. Um, and uh, my colleagues and I were laughing uh, because, you know, we uh, said our, our suits could stand up by themselves after that trip. I was so. just going <laughs> to ask you because that's the first question that I would be asking myself is like, how am I going to wash my clothes and iron them and keep them? Because, I mean, you are the face, right? I mean, this is a high stakes game, but you guys, all of you we are the face. have to look face. good. Gotta we look do good. have to look good. Right, exactly. There's no sneakers. So I have to add to that because I remember this specific trip because I was in, what was I? No, I was in Hungary. And then, hey, by the way, you're going to Ukraine because you, you, I think you emailed me. And I said, okay, I'll see you there. And I said, oh, after we got to, to Frankfurt, no, you're going to Pakistan. Now, mind you, I packed for spring mm -hmm. in Hungary. Well, that wasn't going to be the case. Go to Pakistan. Do do that visit. I go back home, and you're on your way to Germany, and then I end up in Germany on the plane team. It was it was one of those things where you always kept one bag. To similar to answer your question, you kept one bag full of suits always ready. You always had two of everything, and you'd pray and hope that the host nation would make sure that your clothes came back. Um, everything was in the same manner that you left it. Hey, does anyone know where a laundromat is? I really need to get because I've I'm out of everything. Right. So it really it made you very resourceful. Yeah, I'm that, sure. Uh, sinks really uh, come in handy along with some tied wrinkle-resistant shirts. Uh, yeah. And this is before the days of Febreze too. So. Oh no. There's always perfume, body wash. Flying around like this, does the secretary have um, his or her own aircraft? How do you manage these kinds of itineraries? Yes, the, uh, the secretary of state uh, will, will use what's uh, colloquially known as uh, Air Force Two, but uh, part of the uh, part of the uh, special uh, squadron out at uh, Andrews Air Force Base that uh, that um, uh, transports the uh, senior most uh, U.S. government officials, including the president of the United States, uh, around the world. So, yes, the secretary of state. Uh, has her own uh, has has her own plane or his own plane, depending on who the Secretary of State uh, is. And um, under 
Condoleezza Rice, she used her plane a lot. And, and you mentioned you mentioned your home life as well, right? You have to have some kind of work-life balance or maybe you don't, right? Well, you, maybe you put everything on pause for two or three years while you're working the details. So how does that work? I mean, how do you balance? How did you handle your personal life? Well, that's, that's, uh, that's a funny one. And I'm sure some of my friends from back in the day will definitely remember Karen was never around. So at the time, I was single, um, and dating was very interesting because you would plan a date, and then it would be, oh, hey, I'm sorry, I've got to leave tomorrow. I know we have plans on Friday, but it's it's Tuesday. Yeah, but I'm I'm sorry, I'm going overseas. Where are you going? Can't tell you. Sorry. <laughs> what do you really do? I'm a special agent for Diplomatic Security Service. No, really? No, seriously, you just want to play me out. No, I just <laughs> I I'm sorry, my girlfriends that knew me very well. I thought we were going to dinner. I thought we were going to go have drinks. I'm sorry, I'm not a flake, but I'm not going to be there. I have to go work. Yeah, for um, me having having a wife and a two-year-old and a newborn, uh, during the time of the secretary's detail, it was, uh, it was tough. And, uh, but this was something that was sort of born on a, a, lot, of my, uh, a lot of my colleagues on, on the detail. We didn't see our families uh, very much, so something that I didn't recall until years later. My uh, wife, in fact, she reminded me of it not, not long ago. <laughs> but uh, I was there for the birth of my daughter, but the next day I uh, left on, a, on, another, uh, on another secretary's uh, uh, trip. Um, we simply, uh, the, the rate of travel, we needed our agents, we needed our advance agents uh, out. So um, it does uh, put an awful lot of uh, stress on the uh, families who are at home. Uh, during that time, uh, we could average up to 300 days out of the year gone away from home. So it's a very, very, very difficult, uh, um, you know, but um, we're DSS agents. We're, uh, we accomplish the mission, uh, and it's a no-fail mission that we, uh, that, that we had. And I like to think I was a pretty good advance agent, and so they uh, needed me out doing the, uh, doing the work. So I always brought back uh, very, very nice gifts from all my uh, travels back home to the uh, back home to the family. Wow, you had time to do. You had time to go get a gift, but you didn't have time to wash your suit. Mm. <laughs> priorities, priorities, right? Yeah, you you could wash after Pakistan. Some some of the stuff uh, wasn't uh, wasn't uh, coming. Out. I actually think I had to get rid of that suit from that trip. So. <laughs> You're on part of her permanent team, yeah. right? Dr. Rice's permanent protective team for two or three years. How well do you get to know your protectee? And how does that, I mean, <laughs> I imagine she must recognize, she must have recognized your faces as- She a, knew all of our names. Uh, she would see you in the morning. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Lawrence. You know, she knew who you were. So much so that when I was out, when I was serving in the San Francisco field office, I had the opportunity to see her in her current space. She saw me and said, hi, Karen, how are you? It's been a while. How's San Francisco treating you? So I was, like, she still remembered who you are. She, she was, she is, and I was, but she still remains one of the most brilliant people that I have ever met in my life. She knew who you were. She knew how you're doing. Hey, how's your little ones, Lawrence, you know? Hey, how, how is your mom doing if someone's mom was sick? She truly cared and knew who you were as a person. It wasn't just you're just there to support her security, but she truly did know you. One of my most remarkable trips was to Riyadh, a place with a bit of cultural differences than 
we know here in the U.S. Riyadh, that's in Saudi Arabia. Yes, I'm sorry. Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Thank you. Um, but what was so important for me was it was not only a combined trip with the Secretary of State and President, but it was also going to be my first tour that I would be serving overseas. So it gave me the opportunity to speak with the regional security officer over there, meet the ambassador that I would be serving uh, under, and just meet several of my colleagues. And at the time, uh, Riyadh was considered a critical threat posting. So it was it was a one-year tour, um, but I knew I was going there, and I was super excited. It was going to be just me and maybe a dog. This was your first overseas assignment? Yes. Oh, okay. That's so while you were on known. the secretary's detail, you were already looking ahead to what comes next for you as yes. an agent. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And I got to thank my, my shift leader at the time who said, you will go out to this post because you are going to be serving there. And it's a great segue for you to, to go there. But what I did not know was it was also going to pay dividends for my next tour, uh, which was Beirut. Because during that time, I've got to negotiate again with my colleagues with Secret Service. And I met the special agent in charge that was responsible for the entire Middle East. So he was not only covering Riyadh, but I also learned that he was going to be covering Beirut. Uh, and we ultimately, I ultimately served in Beirut. So I had that connection. Now when we had another visit, I believe the secretary came there when I was there, uh, we already had established that rapport back and forth. And anything that the team needed, I was able to support. Right. Because I know him. I've known him for several years at this point. Um, and I, I think that is a true culmination of how we can all work together and that experience that being on the detail gave me. One of the uh, trips that always stands out uh, is, I think, my second trip uh, into uh, Kiev, Ukraine. Um, what, what struck me um, was I felt uh, I, I was welcome there in a way that I had not been welcomed in other uh, in other countries that I'd served in, in that area, like uh, Moscow uh, and uh, and other places. So the the Ukrainians were very warm, very welcoming, and wanted to show me their uh, culture, and that meant a lot to me because there was nobody else around that looked like me at that point. So I I will never forget that, and I'm still you know proud to say I'm still friends uh, with uh, some of the uh, uh, personnel, some of our local staff. Uh, that still work at our embassy in uh, Ukraine today under uh, under under uh, difficult conditions. What did that welcome look like in, in Kiev? So the f the food. So I was taking out the food uh, and being able to uh, walk the uh, those cobblestone streets. They're so old. Those you know we don't we don't see that in America. You know we're just not a very old country. Right. So those cobblestone streets and you know walking past these beautiful dome churches that are you know three times as old as our country and and uh, you know seeing all this was uh, was uh, was very wonderful the other place that always sticks out uh, my colleague served uh, in uh, Lebanon was uh, Beirut um, such a fascinating culture location uh, in the world and a place that the diplomatic security service in, in many ways uh, became now we've been around for over a hundred years we started in 1916 but we became who we are today based on our experiences in the uh, 80s where our embassies were getting blown all, off the map. So that was sort of the training ground for the Diplomatic Security Service to become so good uh, at that mission. So going into Beirut, seeing this firsthand um, and, and the, you know, the food, the culture, it's, you know, it's, it's right there on the uh, Mediterranean, just a, just a beautiful 
and uh, and, and you know incredible world capital. So um, so getting to see so many of these uh, places, and th those are just to name a few. You know there there are so many more, but uh, Kiev and uh, Beirut stand out to me. Well, thank you, Karen, and thank you, Q. Thank you. I we're. I certainly have learned a lot more about the protective detail as a security engineer. I don't sometimes get to see that side, uh, the, the more of the agent side. And um, thank you again for your time. Thank you. And we couldn't do what we do without your service as well. Um, so many things that you do enable us to do our jobs better. Thank you. Thank you both so much.